Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk. By your side, I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. What up, Jay? What up, Q? Hey, man. So I've been thinking, we've been doing this podcast for a while now, right? Right, right. But I got an idea to just take the show in a whole new direction. Okay, I like where you're going. Tell me your idea. I've, I've been thinking about this as well. Okay, so my thought is that we should do a mashup between our podcast and another podcast that we are totally unrelated to and have no rights to their show whatsoever. Ooh, I like that idea a whole lot. So I was kind of thinking that we should do a crossover with Stuff You Should Know. Love it. Okay. Right. Right. Um, but we'll basically just. But they're take, like a huge podcast. Like they're going right. to love this idea. They're going to love it. Right. Um, but they're basically going to like we will take over their show. Okay. Perfect. It will become part of our show. Right. Right. And then we will have also a whole segment that's dedicated to dog barks. You know what? Perfect. I'm very curious where you're going with this. Okay. No, I'm just telling you all of the really cool because I feel like we're missing a bunch of niches, and I feel like there's dog barking some, is a niche. We've do- talked I feel about. like, hey, you know, we've talked. There are television channels for pets. There are. There, there are should YouTube be po- channels for pets. There should be podcast segments at the very least. You know what? So many people I hear. I've read so many studies about this that people leave podcasts streaming on their, um, you know talk devices and their televisions for their pets while they're gone. So the fact that there isn't a podcast dedicated with pet segments, it's it's unfathomable. And on top of that, just to like really round out, so we're talking, we're going to still do our show. Feeling good about it. But it will be mixed with stuff you should know. Great, great. Then we will have a whole segment dedicated to dog barks. I'm on board. And then to really round it out, uh huh. We're gonna do the whole thing like an old school radio play, okay. based okay. based around a hunt for a giant spider. Okay. Right. Okay. I think we can really nail. I mean, all I'm saying is we just need fun. So, are you willing to just just put all our eggs into this basket? Because I really think this is gonna be the new the new wave. Old-time radio show about the hunt for giant spiders featuring the Stuff You Should Know podcast hosted by the High Five <laughs> podcast guys and featuring a segment filled with nothing but dog barks. You know, I don't know what the f- 
fuck you're talking about. That's never going to get made. High five? High five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All right. So, now that you've torn my dreams asunder. Okay, I have to be honest. Now that the bit's over, Q, I was really expecting that you were lining things up to be like, have a a sentence that was a pun that would somehow wrap everything that you mentioned. It'd be like, eight-legged fives you should know or like bark i don't i didn't know where you were going but every different element that you added in i was like there's no way he's tying this together there's no way he's tying this together and i didn't no and you didn't you just kind of ended with a movie that's never or a podcast that's never gonna get made well that was kind of my point so i figure that was a perfect way to intro this which is made up we're talking we first off hey jay thank you Welcome back to another episode of High Five the Podcast. Your definitive source of movie knowledge and lists. Exactly. And today we're doing a very special list. One that couldn't exist without these movies that don't exist. That, my ears are bleeding. (laughs) Thank you for that. That was such a painful... This this list, this episode couldn't exist Without uh-huh. the non-existence of something else. Exactly. Many Be- somethings else's. Because today we're talking failed movies. So, so movies, what you're saying is not like movies that came out and were and bad. Bombed. Like Thanksgiving no. or something like that. No. But like movies that should have come out or were supposed to right. come out and just never did. Right. Things that got either like stuck in development hell or right. somebody finally got off the drugs they were on when they came up with the idea and were right. like, what the fuck am I doing? Not sure. I cannot make this movie. See, we almost had th- this past like nine months not happened. Um, we totally could have included The Man Who Killed Don Quixote on this list. Oh, shit. That's like one of the most famous movies that yeah. almost didn't get made. It was like continuingly supposed to not get made and then when it started getting made again the new version then it got into a whole new mess of legal trouble and almost just didn't get released and then again was not supposed to get made but then unfortunately it did get released and we were all very disappointed (laughs) right well okay i wonder though had the movie not had such a hullabaloo around it for so many years that's a great word by the way we don't use hullabaloo nearly enough all right High, I'm doing a high five credo right here. Yep. We are, as a society, going to start using the words hullabaloo and shindig a whole lot more often. Way more. I've decreed it. And now so we can get it back is, to the. And we, it is so. And it is so. And it is a thing that will be. Listen, promise me if we ever throw a party for like listeners, we're going right. to call it the high five hullabaloo. Of course. I am ashamed we haven't already done that. I know. You know what? We should throw a high-five hullabaloo at Ocon. We will. We'll throw an impromptu hullabaloo. So if you're listening to this on the Friday that it's released, one week from today, Q and I will be at Ocon in Omaha, Nebraska, throwing a high-five hullabaloo with all of you. Shameless plug time. That's June 28th, 29th, and 30th at the uh, Council Bluffs Convention Center in Iowa, even though it's the Omaha... Expo, it is in Iowa. <laughs> I am confused. But yep. you know what? I'm going to be there to figure it all out. Exactly. Hey, also, can we tell people real quick something really cool that we're doing as yeah, well? Please. We'll just throw it out there. We're going to be hosting and moderating a Q&A for, uh, for a very famous actor. 
What do you think about that? Yes, I, I think that's I think that's great, Q. Do, should I give him the name? I think it would be great if you gave him the name. The thing about it, <laughs> perfect. I don't know why we're stalling. The, we're we're burying the lead, and the lead is that we're hosting a, a panel that's a Q and A with Peter For, Macon. Peter Macon, that's right. He is a current. Star. So we buried the lead hard on that one, and I don't feel it paid off. No, it did. It we, did. Uh, okay. Oh, con Peter Macon. He's <laughs> uh, on a Seth MacFarlane show. Exactly, Peter. Not on it. He is a star Heck of yeah, the Orville. Uh, he's also been on Dexter and Shameless. That's and Supernatural. Dexter's where I knew him from before all of this. What about Soups? You a Supernatural fan? You know what? Never really got into you, it. Not. I, I don't have anything against it. But it was just too much. There are too many seasons. We to all catch know up you're with. a diehard Jared Padalecki fan. Oh, of course. I of mean, course. and Jensen Ackles, you swoon for Jensen Ackles. Yeah, who is that? <laughs> who is that guy? So anyway, yeah, we're gonna really, be really this, cool. We're gonna be at this con, throwing an impromptu hullabaloo. Come check us out, high five us, all that good stuff. Now back to the show. So we're talking movies that didn't get made. Uh, weird ideas. Maybe a movie cost way too much. The studio right. decided to pull the plug at the last minute. Because buku yep. bucks were being spent on something and, that they and didn't that happens, think could recoup. The, th- the thing about that, that happens more than you would think. Because as much as people talk about like movie budgets and everything, there are so many that just millions and millions and millions of dollars thrown at some movies to just have them shelved. And For it's, sure. It's astounding. It's it astounding. Is, it is crazy. But now, uh, okay, what was that? And again, this is one that was like almost on this list, but not yeah. quite. What was the one with James Franco and Seth Rogen where they went to North Korea? The interview? The interview. That one was almost on this list. Yes, and I remember when that when that originally uh, came out, um, the, the level of contempt for the concept because we were almost in a war with north right. korea already i guess we're still almost in a war with north sure, korea but that perpetual movie's like almost not war. that's a war yeah. that's never gonna happen um so we've got uh we're dumb we are dumb but that movie did come out though yes but also, it almost got shelved thanks to the tension or or was that just a marketing ploy if it was a marketing ploy, it was the smartest one ever. Um, I think they kind of bass backwards fell into that marketing ploy. But the movie, once again, wasn't that great. Kind of sure. disappointing. Um, but, but again, that's not on this list because it actually did get made. So, Q, what would be a good example of a movie that didn't get made? Maybe one that was very supposed to come out recently that you okay. have a connection with. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple. Um, I've got one. Um, we could talk about z- uh, a very famous article popped up recently. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League Two should be oh, coming out. Right, it was what right it was now, to be, like, like two released? days ago. Yeah, it was supposed to be released two days ago. I saw that article. Um, but that movie didn't happen. And as did a matter you see of, um, his dark side? I did uh, concept art or whatever. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was cool. I mean, it's fine. Could could have been fine. Could've Honestly, been I could not give a shit less about the Justice League movies. Oh. Not after, after watching, that Steppenwolf one. After Oof. watching that one, I'm like, man, I'm out. I'm out on the whole DCU until the Joker comes out. I could care less. But that's not in the DCU. I mean, the no. you know we've got a uh, uh, Pat Fleck coming up. Yep, or not I'm, Pat. 
Not Batfleck. Pat, <laughs> Patfleck. That's where that's where Robert Pattinson <laughs> plays Ben Affleck playing Batman. Playing Batman, yes. No, he's just playing Ben Affleck in real life. Got it. Patfleck. Patfleck. Uh, oh, no, we've I got it. We've got a Robert Pattinson uh, Batman. Batman. The Batman, I think right. it's being called. Um, which now apparently is going to have like six villains. Well, I, I, man, I really think they're going to do that. The Arkham Asylum story. I'd be totally down with that. So that anyway, that's that's neither. That's a movie there. that, that is, is happening. Gonna happen, and the Joker is going to happen. But uh, here's one that I was thinking of, and yeah. the the one I was kind of hinting at a second ago is the Men in Black, uh, Twenty One Jump Street crossover. Totally. Now that didn't, one, that didn't one, you go see the Men in Black Four? I didn't yet. Oh, okay, you are going. I didn't to. yet. Okay. Um, just I keep putting it off. <laughs> I Probably really, for good reason, Grant, given what I've my, read about it. My kids want to see it. I really do not want to see it. Uh, but I can say that – so Sony had a hack um, about four, three years ago now. They had a big right. information hack um, that leaked a bunch of their like internal memos yeah. and documents. Ironic and, because that's actually what happened with the interview as well. Exactly. At Fox. Come on, movie studios. Get your shit on lockdown. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Passwords. But one of the things that, that made the biggest news was that apparently there was a leaked memo that Sony was working on and interested in a Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover due to the success of the 21 Jump Street movies. It was right. shortly after 21 Jump Street 2 or 22 Jump Street had just right. come out. Um, and it had been a few years since Men in Black 3 had come out, so they were looking to reinvigorate that property. Honestly, so many people were like, God, that's so fucking weird. I was one of the few, I think, that was like, I am totally on board for that. <laughs> like, sign me up to see Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill join the Men in Black. Right. On and a mission. On a mission, undercover. Yeah. Because they've got to find some corruptness within the Men in Black. But they also are now just getting cued into the fact that aliens exist and I get to watch their See, fucking heads explode. This movie that you're just describing is what I imagined that movie was going to be and why I was also on board with it. Yeah. Because I, it could have been a new way to... Sort of like they did in the first movie, they introduced the whole universe concept to Will Smith, and he was our surrogate. Exactly. They could sort of do the exact same thing. It's like a soft reboot. It kind of was, but Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum dealing with aliens is such a funny concept. Exactly, and so they would be so totally out. It's another fish out of water, just like in 22 Jump Street where they had to go back to college. Right. And they both kind of had college experiences that they had not gotten to have previously this would have been that same thing and it would have fit perfectly with all those fake posters at the end of 22 (laughs) jump street where it's like 28 jump street and they're like in in moscow and shit like that that was one of my favorite gags in that whole film by the way where they just kept showing all the sequels multiple sequels and let's be honest that was uh that was uh lord and miller oh yeah I would have loved to see them take the helm of a Men in Black movie. Oh, man. Could you imagine their sense of humor in that world? Yes, it was going to be called Solo. (laughs) You know what? Well well played, sir. (laughs) But apparently Disney didn't like that combo. (laughs) 
But the thing is, okay, even if they had finished that movie, and you know this as well as I do, Q. That was a funny joke. But you know this as well as I do, that even if they had stayed at the helm, it wouldn't have been a Lord and Miller movie. It would have been a Disney movie that they had their hands on. That's true. I still kind of feel like that's what we ended up getting. Like, we kind of still, there's still their fingerprints are yeah. on that movie, kind of like the Edgar Wright Ant-Man. Like, yeah, that's true. Well, there's, like, there are certain scenes where you can say, this is the movie I almost got. Like, I remember you and I went and saw Ant-Man, yeah. and both of us during the briefcase fight scene, when they turn on the the iPad, or iPod, yeah. mm-hmm. and I know it's been confirmed later that that wasn't an Edgar Wright And they're playing Wright Disintegrate scene. by The Clash. Exactly, but it felt like an Edgar Wright scene, and both you and I were like, this is the movie we almost got. And I don't care what they say. I feel like they're liars. That was an Edgar Wright scene. It ha- it, it, it was at least a storyboarded by him. I mean, first off, he is known for predominantly featuring mu- his musical tastes in yes. movies. And that felt like a him move and a him yeah. song. Yeah. It was, you know what I mean? It was very oh, like. I definitely know. Um. And honestly, that's even in line with kind of our conversation because that's a movie that almost was. Ultimately, we did get a movie, but originally it was going to be an Edgar Wright film, and that would have been fantastic. Solo, same way. Was going to be a Phil uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller movie, but it turned out being a a, a Ron Howard movie. (laughs) Kind again, kind of. Such a weird – that is a weird jump of directors, by the way. It like, really is, but it's almost, in my opinion, it was like the safest move they could make if they didn't give it to J.J. Sure, Abrams. Because sure. Ron Howard is, and why, I'm going to say this, but let me preface it. I love Ron Howard. Sure. I think he's very talented. I love what they have built, um, and I love his, his collection. But he doesn't, like, in my opinion, have a signature or a staple as a director you can't watch it like you would watch a tarantino film or an aronofsky film and be like oh well this feels like a ron howard movie right and so he's just a a a good top tier studio director agreed and so it's not like the churn and burn that you get with some of those lower tiers but he's the guy you bring in if you just want a, a a movie that's a movie from beginning to end Right. <laughs> well, this is a movie. We yeah. got we successfully got a movie. Yeah, exactly. It there's an arc, there are three acts. Well, we characters got, make journeys. It, it's a film. Ron Howard is a perfect jumping off point to speak about a movie that was near and dear, I know to your heart, uh not necessarily the finished product, but what could have been. Uh, Ron Ron Howard was the original director of The Dark Tower right. and was shepherding what seemed like uh, and I remember you and I talking back when this news was first starting to kind of hit the wire yeah. that he was not only developing a trilogy of movies, but he was also developing a companion series that would run in between the movies and kind of fill the gaps. And I remember I asked you like what your thought, cause this was pre me reading any of the mm-hmm. dark tower books. Right. And so I just came to you and I was like, is that necessary? And I remember your reaction was like, Honestly, I feel like that may be the only way to do it and do it justice. Yeah. I still feel that way. That's the thing is is I'm glad you brought this up, Q. This was going to be one I was going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, even though we did get a Dark Tower movie. So I, I'm putting that did aside. We? No, we didn't. <laughs> we got a Dark Tower facsimile, and right. we got a 
a really, really good example of why Akiva Goldsman shouldn't be behind a keyboard ever um, again. So I'm gonna <laughs> break put, his fingers, Hollywood. I'm gonna put that turd nugget off to the side and okay. talk about the original plan. what could have been what could have been the movie we didn't get or movies we didn't get but that's one of those that i remember when i heard that news the very first time my first thought was that'll never happen but that's the way to do it sure it was it just felt too big it felt like something that no one would commit to but i thought if anybody could get it done it would be someone like ron howard um and then I remember they, they went through a whole bunch of people who were going to play Roland, like it was going to be um, uh, a guy who was in, um, oh, Lord, uh, No Country for Old Men, uh, Anton Chigurh. Oh, hey, Javier Bardem? Thank you. Javier Bardem was I do kind of remember it. that a little bit, um, faintly. I think there was some Jared Butler talk, possibly. I think the one that got me most excited was Ron Howard was really, really going after Viggo Mortensen. And that, Ooh, that I, would have been great. That I wanted. I wanted that pretty hard. I honestly wouldn't even mind, now that I've seen him in a bunch of roles, speaking of No Country for Old Men, I wouldn't have minded a Josh Brolin. You know what? I, I have all, I've I, since Goonies, I've been like, that Brolin kid. He's got something. He's, he's got, got real something. moxie. It's, it's his time up there. It is his it's time. His, now, it, I will ask, well, one on. of the things that was a holdover from the Ron Howard <sighs> Uh, idea was weren't they always kind of pegging Matthew McConaughey for yes. uh, Randall Flagg or the man in black at least to my knowledge yes because I remember and you and I talked about this even before we had the podcast but there is a description of Randall Flagg in the mo- in the book The Stand uh-huh. and I like read you the paragraph from it and I was like doesn't that just sound like Matthew McConaughey like totally. it just it feels like he was the right choice and even in the movie shit turd that we got I still don't feel like he's the wrong choice, but he phoned it in and there wasn't a good script and he could tell. Right. Like it was, he was poorly directed and he was poorly written. I don't, I still think he's right for the role. But the thing that got me most excited about the movie to TV to movie is that the television show that they were talking about doing was the flashback was the wizard in glass. Sure. Which is all about Roland as a teenager. Right. Um, and that story is, it's the best book in the series. It's really, really great, but it is kind of a way to fill in gaps that affect Roland's story later on. So it made so much sense for that to be running kind of off to the side. And and now we're getting that. That's where I was going. Via Amazon. Have you seen any of the set photos? I did. They've released some of the pictures of the coffin hunters. It looks hunters. real good. I've got my, I've got hard, hard fingers crossed. If anybody... If there's any way to reboot this that doesn't remind people of the the, the movie, this is the way to do it. Now, and, and I can't wait till they start releasing more stuff because uh, that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to. Now, one of the people that I was most excited that they cast, so clearly they have made it not connected to the Idris Elba Dark Tower because they have cast a white Roland Deschain. Yes, yes um, uh, that's a, that's but, a big... That's a big. Uh, the guy that they cast deviation. is this kid Sam Strike, who have you watched the show Mind Hunters? Yes, on Netflix. Yes, he plays a serial killer that gets yeah. interviewed, and he is awesome in that show. Yeah, he really. And so is. I'm actually really excited at the concept of him being the the young Roland, because um, I think he can handle that grit. You know what I mean? And there's a lot like I think that he could look he could look perfect. I think he'll do a great job. 
honestly, for me, I'm unbelievably excited that they've cast Michael Rooker. Sure, but as who? That's I'm thinking he's one of the big coffin hunters. He might be kind of the major villain or like the the head lieutenant of the major villain. And if that's the case, that role could Michael Rooker could do wonders with that character. Now, who is the guy that trained Roland? That like his is teacher, Court. Could he be Court? Uh, probably. I probably not because Court doesn't have a huge part in this story. Okay. Um, so it would be if if he was Court, it would be more of a cameo, and Court's supposed to be like this, like low to the ground boulder of a dude. Got it. But okay. I mean, he could he could you know is Michael Maybe. Rooker? He could do it. Sure. But He's I Mary hope he Poppins, has a bigger y'all. Part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, so we this saw is... that by the way, the Mary Poppins returns. Uh huh. Eh, it's all right. Meh. It's it was like, decent. It's, okay. it's decent. It's all right. It's it's got Lin Manuel in it. It does. Is uh, he I, a, is he a good Dick Van Dyke stand-in? Yeah, he was. In, in the movie, they make reference to him being trained by Dick Van Dyke as a uh, chimney sweep. Weird. Yeah, he was like Bert's ward. <laughs> he, now, he was Bert. He, he was Bert Ward. He wasn't Bert Ward. He was Bert's ward. Got it. Apostrophe S. He Bert was ward. Robin. Got it. Mary Poppins. Robin. Mary Robbins. Turns out it's yeah. a backdoor '66 Batman pilot. Like <laughs> it is. Got it. It is. Or if you look really closely in Mary Poppins when they're dancing with the penguins, you can see the shark repellent. Oh, in the background. In the background. Yeah, it's it's on Mary Poppins' belt. Yeah, a lot of people miss it. Everybody, everybody misses it. Um, so that was definitely a missed opportunity with the with the Ron Howard, uh, Dark Tower series. So Um, another one. Here's one that I have a vague memory of, and I want to see if you have the same memory as I do. In the vein of like. Movies we got, but weren't the versions that we could have gotten. Sure. I remember reading a long time ago that Terry Gilliam was working on a Watchmen movie. Yes. And that eventually, you know, landed in Zack Snyder's hand. Yes. And I'm actually, ha- I'm happy with the Watchmen movie I got. I en- I'm one of the few, I think, that enjoyed that movie quite a bit. Absolutely. I loved it. But man, the idea or the concept of a Terry Gilliam Watchmen movie... Uh, okay, let's is, talk about this because here's the deal. I, I, I would, love Terry Gilliam. I'd be excited for it, but I feel like Terry <sighs> Gilliam has pulled a Tim Burton. Okay, and he he his last real good movie or decent movie, I think, was probably Tideland. Oh yeah, for we me. did we did talk about Terry Gilliam, and that's like one of the ones that I hadn't seen. Yeah, I think outside of that, I did not like Brothers Grimm. I did not like uh, Zero Theorem. Zero Theorem was rough. I I liked Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. I thought I, that one was. I thought fun. it was okay. I don't think it was what it could have been. But once again, I think it's because it had a troubled production. Yeah, and they tried to rewrite on the fly. To accommodate Heath Ledger's death, and they did, they did, an and they admirable did okay. Job. But I don't, I still don't think it's the movie that we were intended to get, <sighs> and I think it could have been better. I especially, especially, when you have talk about really good casting in an okay movie, when you have, um, oh shit, I just totally lost uh, Tom Waits as the devil. Oh yeah, in your movie. That is maybe one of the smartest and best casting. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Ever. Um, 
I just feel like that movie could have been better. Yeah. So all of his movies kind of post Tideland, and like I said, even Tideland was starting to kind of go that direction. Really, they just I didn't still want to watch have, that. They just didn't have the soul of Terry Gilliam. And when I think Terry Gilliam, I think Fisher King. Right. I think Brazil. Yeah, you know, I think Twelve uh, Time Bandits, Twelve yeah. Monkeys, like these really unique visionary esque movies. Right. And that's the Terry Gilliam that I wanted to direct the Watchmen. Sure. I wanted a Brazil or Twelve Monkeys esque Watchmen. But I'm scared at the time frame that that movie was being talked about. Him being the director, it was kind of post that point for him. I know, but I can dream, my friend. You can, I dream. can dream. Absolutely. That's, that's I wanted past Terry Gilliam doing it. But we're talking what could have been. And if I'm yeah. saying what realistically could have been in that time frame, we could have gotten watered down Terry Gilliam <laughs> with. Now, here's the thing, too. I think David Hayter had originally written the script. Right. Uh, for Watchmen. And it also had a starkly different story than the comic books. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I they've think come I out and talked. The yeah, there were some there were some major changes. They had made they had brought it current. It no longer took mm. place in an alternate 80s time frame. So it took place in current time, which I think this was like mid 90s oh. or early 2000s when this movie was being looked at. Pass. Um, exactly. So there were already <laughs> some fundamental problems with the concept right so um, that's one movie i can honestly say i'm glad we did not get that <laughs> and that we because it might get... have ruined it it might have ruined it more than and we, we may never yet. have gotten because that's the thing yeah. watchmen was highly regarded as an unadaptable comic yeah. book um and i fear that if we would have gotten that terry gilliam we would have never gotten another right shot at it and so i am actually very pleased that the stars aligned i don't give uh, Zack Snyder a shit ton of credit all the time. And as a matter of fact, usually I kind of use him as a punching bag. I mean, yeah, same here. But I will say that that and Dawn of the Dead, for are, me, are his high watermarks. Honestly, like, if he... This is going to sound terrible. If he had stopped with those... I would have been fine. He, he'd, he'd have been on, like, top five lists, yeah. I think. Um, but... Because those were two really good movies, and like you said, I know you're a fan of Watchmen, and say what you will, there are detractors who didn't like the fact that they changed the ending. I'm okay with it. I still feel like it had the same concept and and sentiment as the comic book, but those two movies are by far the movies that I hold him to as far as a standard, and he has never lived up to that. I and I I will agree. I will agree with that 100%. I guess 300. I liked 300, too. Oh, that's right. He did. Well, okay, but see, those are all really good examples. Here's my major, and I may have said this on the show before, but here's my major critique of uh, of uh, Zack Snyder. I think he's a really great cinematographer, and totally. I think he's a meteor. I think he's a mediocre director and a great cinematographer. I will totally agree with that. And I think that's the fundamental problem is because all of his movies look great. Yes, but there are usually structural problems or tone problems or whatever whatever problems like having to do with the architecture of the story yep that i just don't think as a director he pays enough attention to cuz he's worried on does this look badass enough now in a story like 300 the whole every scene is is this badass enough that's what frank miller was going for exactly dawn of the dead you can kind of do that too cuz you have you know the practical effects the zombies is it badass enough and watchmen is sort of Almost the antithesis to that. I think Watchmen was sort of his diamond in the rough. 
right. to say, I'm going to hit the story right, I'm going to hit the cinematography right, and I'm going to hit the directing okay. right. Okay, can I – I'm going to make a stab, though. I'm not going to give really Zack Snyder credit for Watchmen being good. I will give him credit for the look of the film being good. Right. But here's the deal. He did almost a – panel by panel recreation of the comic book including a lot of the comic dialogue that, yeah. i think it was just the fact that that's a really good comic book <laughs> and therefore his story structure because when he did try to take it to 10 and right. go ooh, this will look cool like the scene where uh night owl and silk specter have sex in, in the, in the, in the in airship the, while uh hallelujah is playing that was the <laughs> one part where everybody's like come the fuck on like this well, is a was... little too on the nose and i feel like that was snyder's one thing where he's like all right this isn't in the comic book we're doing this but i got a really cool fucking idea a, a lot of people don't know this that scene was directed by edgar wright was it really no he just really likes the song hallelujah <laughs> okay i was like wait what <laughs> Well, what if I had committed to that? What if I had committed to that? I probably would have believed you. That's the blind <laughs> trust that I have in you, not to leave. Well, me I'm astray. glad I didn't abuse that. No, I immediately backed off on that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, what, what what was one? I know you said you had some before we talked before before yeah. the episode. So I have a so I have a weird one that I found out about today. Um, that was just it fucking sparked my interest. Like it kind of. I don't know. I didn't know what to think about it. So, you know Canon Films, right? Yes, I do very well. Masters of the Universe, Over the Top. Some of the best movies of the 80s. Yeah. Well, yes. Sure. Depending sure. on context of best. Wink. Yes. You can, okay, it's an audio medium. You guys can't see me winking heavily. But, but he I'm is winking, winking heavily. Uh, so, Canon Films, back in the, I want to say, late 80s or early 90s, they optioned post post uh, Masters of the Universe. Okay, they optioned from Marvel. Okay, the rights to Spider Man. What? And were actually in pre production on a Spider Man movie. You ready for this? Oh, I'm no, I'm not. But they wanted to do a Spider-Man movie in the vein of David Cronenberg's The Fly. So he would, like, turn into a spider He was going man. to turn into an eight-armed spider mutant. <laughs> man spider. Yeah. And it involved him, basically, they created a new, like, mad scientist. Okay. That they not using any current Marvel characters. And that scientist was basically going to perform an experiment on Peter Parker, turning him into this Spider-Man. And that Spider-Man, Island of Dr. Moreau style, was going to become the de facto leader of a gang of other mutants that had escaped and lead a revolution against this evil scientist. I I need this movie. That sounds like Toxic Avenger almost. Totally. Totally. But this was going to be a Marvel licensed version of Spider-Man. Well, that's because before Marvel, Marvel knew what they had. Right. Well, that's also because, okay, so Marvel had gone bankrupt during oh. this time period. 
So they were basically just trying to option anything they could to try and keep Marvel afloat. Nice. So Canon was like, hey, uh, hey, I got like 20 bucks. How about you slide me the rights (laughs) to Spider-Man? I got this really cool idea. But you ready for the craziest part? There's a crazier part? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. That's in the next. Okay. So after that happened... The uh-huh. movie didn't go forward because Canon Films itself became bankrupt. Right, yeah. So after not making a movie, they had a five-year option. The rights defaulted, and that is when it was being developed by James Cameron. I did know that James Cameron was working on a Spider-Man. Now at some here's point. the crazy part: James Cameron was a his Spider-Man was a violent R-rated Spider-Man cool okay featuring wait for it stan lee as j jonah jameson Uh, i can see that like and not as a cameo as as a character in the movie that's not great it was happening he can't he can't pull a whole scene and this script pieces of it have come out the script treated uh his trans uh peter parker's transformation that's where the uh actual forearm web shooters first came from like the actually okay. being part of his body instead of a oh they that was used that? in the Raimi yeah that was oh. James Cameron's idea and instead it was going to be a take on puberty Weird. and Spider-Man was going to have like there was a whole scene where uh uh his aunt comes in and basically catches him like webbing things like and, on a oh, play on like masturbation see where this is going yeah and was apparently, body like an amusement park. there was going to be a pretty intense sex scene between him and Mary Jane. That was uh, like him at the height of his. So his the height of his sexual powers, like the whole great. movie had a really sexual angle on it. Awesome. Way to go, James Cameron. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's one of those things where I'm like, what? Like, first off. James, the James Cameron that we all know and love now, you know, creator of such gems as Terminator, uh, Titanic, the Abyss, Avatar. This man is like a living legend. But I hear this pitch, and I'm like, what the fuck was (laughs) he on? Get out of here, Jimmy. He's a creep. He sounds like a fucking creep. (laughs) He's like, I got this idea, okay? Like Peter Parker and Mary Jane are just gonna fuck for like. 10 minutes. Jesus, like, what are you doing? Are you, are you filming kids? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. He was like, yeah, wait. Oh, so you're making them adults, James? No, he's like 16, right? Mary Jane's like 16, and they're just going to like, they're just going to like Fuck explore it. each other's bodies for like, for like 30 minutes. They're like, you said five minutes before. Now it's 30. Now I, there's going to be 30 minutes of the I movie. I just think, all right, turns out I'm just, what? how do we, how does a studio feel on making an X-rated film? I'm so thinking like, we just, the whole movie. What about the end of the movie? We find out that the spiders are actually crabs. Everyone's got STDs. Right. It's like, it's, get out of here, Larry Clark. Turns out it's your, actually a cautionary tale. You don't want any of your nonsense. <laughs> it's actually a caution. So then I started thinking in my head, I'm like, which one of these movies would I have actually rather seen? The crazy eight-armed mutant spider? Of course, of course. Or like weird, sexualized, hard R-rated no. <laughs> Spider-Man. No. <laughs> directed by James Cameron. And shown only on HBO at one in the morning. So, Exactly. On Cinemax at one o'clock in the morning. Um, But also, crazy thing, 
there was some legal issues when Sam Raimi came on and did his version of Spider-Man. James Cameron actually came forward and was like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I first, I first had the idea for in-arm web shooters, okay? That's from my script. I own that concept. And there was actually, like, kind of a legal tiff over James, Cam- James Cameron saying that his original idea was being uh, plundered for this yeah. Sam Raimi we, version. We didn't keep anything else, though, James. Yeah. No, none of the ha- 17 hardcore sex scenes. <laughs> You've got Peter on Mary Jane. You've got Aunt May on J. Jonah. You've got J. Jonah and Aunt May on Peter for some reason. You've got the Green <laughs> Goblin coming in doing a solo masturbation scene. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Venom's just watching through the window. Right. With his tongue hanging out. <laughs> it's so, his Tom Hardy tongue. Just it's <laughs> so, James, we cannot make this movie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Tom Hardy secretly whispers to himself, I love you. I know. I know. And scene. <laughs> Speaking... Speaking of, of James Cameron, no, oh, no. Speaking of James Cameron and weird ass movies that he never got made, did you read about his Tom Cruise space movie? Uh uh-uh. uh. Tell me about it. He pitched Tom did Cruise. Did it have hardcore? No. Now, you know he wanted Tom Cruise for Spider Man. No, I didn't know that. Okay, that so maybe he's sense. just got a hard on for sex. Tom Cruise. He pitched Tom Cruise a movie that would be an epic space adventure that they would film 100% in space. Oh my god. So he was going to He was going to make Tom Cruise live on the International Space Station for like 5 months and film Dude, this epic movie. Any opportunity to fucking shoot Tom Cruise into space <laughs> out, of, I'm out of orbit? I'm totally <laughs> on board with that. Jay, I want to start a movie studio with the sole mission of making a movie where we actually shoot Tom Cruise into <laughs> the, outer space. Here's, I here's, will fund it and go bankrupt. I do not care. Here's the thank you. Let, we got to put it in a, in a framework where it doesn't look like we're attacking Tom Cruise. So here's what we do. Okay. We're starting this now. We're putting it in the mail. We're mailing it to ourselves. Hobo Perfect. copyright. Got it. You and I are going to start a film company called... Uh, Outer Orbit Films. Yep. And every movie it. we make is 100% filmed in space. In space. We're going to partner with SpaceX. That's Perfect. why they're sending all those rockets up and down is to get movie equipment up there. Got and we're it. just going to set up scenes, sets. All the set decorators are just going to be floating in space with zero gravity. It's going to be like street signs. Got but it. we won't need any like cables. We won't need any special effects. Outer, uh, outer Orbit Films coming to you 2020. You heard it. Here first, folks. It's a thing that will we're fucking getting Tom Cruise happen. up there. <laughs> yeah, get Tom Cruise in space, twenty twenty one. It's happening. Tom Cruise in space by twenty twenty one. Um, on a side note, speaking of James Cameron, though, that surprises me. He's got weird fixations about places. I'm surprised he hasn't made a movie at the bottom of the ocean yet. He- didn't he? He did a documentary. He did a documentary, but I'm saying like, all right, we're going to send Tom Cruise down <laughs> in a it's high Tom compression Cruise. dive suit. And Tom. the whole movie is just going to be filmed at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Tom, you're coming with me. Abyss 2. We're doing it. In, Method. But actually in the ocean. Method. In I've the built abyss. a lab. We've rigged it with bombs. We're going down there. It's gonna we be have great. a for real water ghost. <laughs> And I don't know how we did it. I, I'm not going to tell you how we did it, but we got with their publicist, the Krakens on board. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. Kraken's going to be there. I feel like we're doing the Jordan Peele skit where we're like, fucking uh, girl, movie. girl gremlin with boobies wearing lipstick. It's in the actual movie. Big old long neck water monster. 
in the, in the movie. movie. You're a madman. I love it. It's in the movie. We shooting Tom Cruise into space. I love it. It's in the movie. <coughs> you telling me that Ed Harris is going to be angry way down deep under the ocean? In the movie. <laughs> in the movie. Um, Tom Cruise seems kind of game for anything, man. That doesn't surprise me. I feel like he would be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a real great idea. I'm going to jump on this fucking couch. I'm so excited about this. I want to go into movie. I love space. I love space. <laughs> that was my well, Tom Cruise impression. How that's that? where uh, you know that's where the Z News are from or whatever. Um, <laughs> Z News, all of the Z News. I don't know. I, I, there might be more than What's one. His, I don't know. What is that? Scient Scientology. Yeah, that's, that's more like that's, outer space tology. Nope. <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> Cricket's out. <laughs> I don't have a soundboard, but if I did, it would be a weird sound at that point. Cricket's out. Um, okay. Speaking of, so by now. We're about 45 minutes into this. Listeners are screaming at their at their uh, speakers because we have not even mentioned the Nicolas Cage Superman yet. Okay, the death of the death of Superman lives is a we, whole feature length documentary, kids. So if you're mad that we didn't talk about it, you can go fucking watch that. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, come we on, we will talk about it. Superman Lives, written by Kevin Smith, starring Nicolas Cage and Chris Rock. Right. Now, Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> there are production stills of this, which to me look like Tommy Wiseau in cosplay. <laughs> it is. Speaking of which, have you seen the Tommy Wiseau as the Joker? Yes. That, went around that he made in oh. like Heath Ledger-esque makeup? I, I don't know what to make of him. Do it. I'm all for it. Please get. Yeah. Please let him play the Joker. Why not? He seems insane. Like actually insane. You know, that's the thing. Some people, what was the quote I told you beforehand? Some people see things as they are and say, why? I see Tommy Wiseau as the Joker not happening and say, and say why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's do say, this. Why, why, in the why not? Um, Superman Lives, man. That is probably, outside of the Terry Gilliam, Don Quixote movie, Yeah, it is probably one of the most famous failed movies of all time and actually my intro to the show when i said we're gonna be on the search for a giant spider was uh -huh. a reference to the to john peterson who was a producer on this failed superman lives nice. who had told he was fixated with a giant spider being in this movie <laughs> Why? and in movies in general he just was fixated on it and kevin smith has told this story a couple times and i'll kind of paraphrase it to you if you haven't heard this story No, please do please do so Kevin Smith went and met with John Peterson, and he's one of those just like really eccentric Hollywood producers, right. as you tend to be when you get lots of money and <laughs> copious amounts and of cocaine. And everyone telling you yes all the exactly. time. Exactly. So he met with, with Kevin Smith, and Kevin Smith was working on the script for Superman Lives. And he told Kevin he had read some of the script, and he was like, you know what this movie needs is a giant spider. And Kevin Smith was kind of like, um, why? Why the fuck does it need as a giant the, uh, spider? As a comic book fan, me, Kevin Smith, uh, I have to say, that's never been in a spider, Superman. <laughs> right. Why, why? Why? Why does that need to be? And so the villain of Superman Lives. Oh, I sounded like like Christopher Walken. The villain of Superman Lives um, was Brainiac. For those who don't uh, know, okay. it was going to be Brainiac. And so the way that so so John Peterson basically just pushed Kevin Smith and was like, 
you either put in a giant spider or not fucking doing this movie. <laughs> and so Kevin Smith, there's a scene that was going to be in this movie that was going to have Brainiac basically piloting a giant metallics robot spider body. Okay. Now, fun fact, this movie didn't happen. John Peterson later Can produced... Can I guess? Yeah. Wild Wild West? 100%. Booyah! Featuring a, a giant, giant metallic spider body. <laughs> Not controlled by Brainiac, but may as well have been. How fucking <laughs> crazy is That's that? That's amazing. Well, the, here's the thing. It's 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 hilarious. Piloted by Kenneth Branagh. Right. It's also tragic because we did not get a Kevin Smith pinned Nicolas Cage led Superman movie, and we did get wet Wild Wild West, <laughs> and we did get wet. <laughs> so in that, it's it's tragic. But also, we keep we we keep forgetting one of the biggest parts of this. Fucking Tim Burton, right? Tim direct it. Motherfucking Burton was gonna direct this. Batman was good. Hot off Batman Returns. Yeah. So we're talking like prime super weird ass superhero Tim Burton. Yeah. I would have 100% absolutely unequivocally loved to see this movie. The thing, and you mentioned the documentary about this failed production. Yes. And you've seen it. And it's very good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's what I was going to say. This is an official high five recommends on the show, guys. Go watch that documentary. Yeah, it's called The Death, the of, Death Superman. of Superman Lives. It is. It, if it doesn't make you want to desperately see the Superman Lives movie that would have been, I, sure. I don't know what can. And it shows uh, the stuff that Jay was, was referencing. It shows you the behind the scenes costume test footage with Nicolas Cage. It shows you some of the previs, like concept artwork for what the settings were going to look like. Right. Um, it would have this movie would have been something. I don't know if it would have been good, but it would have been crazy. Like I, crazy awesome? I don't know. Maybe. So that was uh, that's a big one. I have also saved one that I wanted to talk about here near the end because okay. it might be one that I've anticipated or that I desperately wanted to happen but I don't think it ever will is David Lynch's Ronnie Rocket. I don't know what that is. What is that? So David Lynch for years, years has wanted to make a movie called Ronnie Rocket. And it's about a private investigator who is a a little, a little tiny private investigator, but he can stand on one leg and peer into alternate dimensions. And he solves crimes that way. What? Yes. It's like if David Lynch like was mashing up kind of like twin peaks and Blue Velvet in, like, a hard-boiled detective movie. I am into that. And he has been trying to get this made for years, but no one will let him. It's just too weird. And it's I just I want it to happen. I need it to happen. It never will happen, but it's the one that, like... They didn't let him make that, but we got Inland Empire? Which is, yeah, which is weird. I think Inland Empire is probably what sunk... His ability to, his, to like to just do get this. movies greenlit. Yeah, they're like, well, we taking away his all pass. Yeah, the thing, and I think if you search hard enough, there is, uh, there's like you can find a script for it online, and it's just bonkers. Um, he basically didn't have the money to finish it. That is so 
fucking fascinating. I would have loved to see this. Now, when you said a small detective, are you meaning like like Tyrion Lannister small? Are we talking yeah. like like Pickle Rick small? <laughs> like what No, no, we... no, no. Like Tyrion Lannister small. Gary okay. Oldman small. Okay. Um, now, but yeah, like he could stand on one leg and like see into a second dimension that would help him solve crimes. Interesting. That is so fucking weird, and, and I and love it. <laughs> here, I'm just going to read you one sentence from the Wikipedia page. And okay. I may have actually conflated some characters, so let me take back. He's not a little person. He's a regular person, detective, but there's a little person in the script. Let me just read you this sentence. Okay. In addition to the detective story, the film was to show the tale of Ronald D'Arte, a teenage dwarf who suffers a surgical mishap which leaves him dependent on being plugged into an electrical supply at regular intervals. This dependence <laughs> grants him an affinity over electricity, which he can then use to produce music or cause destruction. What? That's like the B-plot of Ronnie Rocket. What? Yeah, the boy names himself Ronnie Rocket and becomes a rock star, befriending a tap dancer named Electrocute. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds insane, and I am sad that that movie doesn't exist. I know. I know. So now, that's, no that's, that's the one I saved near the end. The other one would be Gambit, which I just don't think is ever going to happen, but probably sure. wouldn't have been good anyway. Sure, sure, sure. Now, of course, there's some honorable mentions we got to throw in there. Uh, prior to, speaking of David Lynch, prior to David Lynch helming the now classic Dune, we had Jodowarski was supposed right. to helm Dune. And he, if I am correct, is was an Italian uh, artist. Yeah. And was going to make... <laughs> I don't know if this even makes... This sentence sounds so weird. <laughs> he was going to make an even more bizarre version of Dune than David Lynch made. I, yeah. Have you seen the documentary about this? Yeah, Jodorowsky's Dune. It's so good. It is so a, good. Another high five recommends. Now, don't get me wrong. I am super excited about the Dune we're about to get. And I and the reason I didn't bring this up earlier is kind of one of those where we, we've gotten a lot of Dunes. Like David Lynch made a Dune, and then there was like two Dune TV series, and then there was there's the new one that's coming out, um, which I'm very excited for. But Jodorowsky's Dune, the movie about it and what it was going to be, it it's just... Now we're talking the one we're getting you're talking about is the uh, the Denny Villeneuve yes one okay yes. now question did you also realize that there is a companion television series to this as well that is coming that he to is, the Villeneuve one yes that he no, is also involved that. in I did not know that that's exciting yep, yep. Um, it's going to be um, and I can't remember the name of the group but it's basically focuses on an all female group. <laughs> From the Dooniverse. Oh, the the, the women or the yeah, mothers the all, of the something, all, the all-knowing daughters mothers, of yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. That'll be fun. And he's kind of spearheading. It's going to be a direct offshoot of his film that he's making. I like it. And they're talking about building a whole. Shit. Here's where things get dicey. <laughs> the movie co the movie studio wants to build a shared Dooniverse. Just because it sounds awesome to say Dooniverse, I don't know if we. Need By the to go way, down that I road. coined that. Doesn't oh, exist. Oh, did you really? 
Yes. That's awesome. It should exist. Trademark high five. <laughs> Trademark high five. Duneverse is awesome, dude. Um, but they're wanting. They are. They think Dune is like Star Wars or Star Trek. Mm, that is we'll what see. I have. That I have kind of almost. I have heard that is that is the actual sentiment that they're the producers are putting behind it. Is like we have a world that's so big we could just exploit it for yeah. so many movies and television well, shows. And per the book series, they're correct. Sure, but it's just again, is it going to connect with people? Does and it it's gravitate? also. I think one of the biggest problems on a lot of these failed projects. Now, Dune is not one. We are actually getting that movie. Right. But one of the biggest problems, and we'll go back to Zack Snyder's Justice League, they're putting the cart before the horse. Yes. So many times, production companies, movie studios, they think not about the movie they're making, but a what further movies or adventures yeah, like can the come of the movie, movie that they're making. that's going to come after this. Right. And I feel like that is probably one of the biggest downfalls and maybe even the reason that some of these projects that we talked about today stalled in the way right. that they did is because the studio couldn't see three movies down the line, and so they decided to nix the one right. that was currently being made. And and the thing about it is to build a universe or to build a world isn't – you don't have to take away from the movie that you're making. I mean, this is going to be an inter- a weird example maybe, but John Wick – I think is one of the best movies of recent time to create a universe from scratch that seemed interesting but did not detract from the plot. I could not agree more. Have you seen the third one? Not yet. Uh, Holy I've heard shit. That's what I've heard, and uh, that's it's high up on our list. We just can't take a four-year-old to see it. People give us weird looks. I um, I will watch twenty-seven of these movies if they as continue many as they're going to make at this. Point. Yeah, if they continue on the path that they're continuing on, I'm totally down. Yeah, I just, I mean, one Keanu Reeves is great. Duke Kaboom, can't wait for Toy Story four today. Um, but like, I don't know. But the the way that John Wick did it, where yes, there was this assassin universe that they totally showed me and hinted at and was sure. part of the story, but it wasn't like a wink, this is going to be important in future movies. It's sort of like, wink, here's a universe that's important right now that we're using that we can also use again. Right. And that's such a difference between, hey, let's put a bunch of Easter eggs or try to build a universe that's not going to matter for this narrative, but it's going to matter in eight hours. Right. Exactly. And it's and it's smart. That's the right way to do it. Yeah. They did it the right way. And so um, that's what my my hope for the Duneverse is that Villanueva knows that because he did a fantastic job with using the Blade Runner universe. Sure. So if he can use the Duneverse in the same way, I'll be very happy to see what he comes up with. Even though, let's be honest, Blade twenty forty nine did not do well. <laughs> no, but it was great. It was brilliant yes. and a a criminally underappreciated movie. Yeah, so like the fact of, the fact of the matter is that, you know, the 18th Transformers will make a billion dollars at the box office and Blade Runner 2040 is bullshit. It, it is one yeah, and it won't, but that's why it's like, well, if it bombs at the box office, I don't really care that much as long as it's good. Right. No, I totally agree. Um so yeah, so that pretty much brings us to kind and of talking I was to, we, say can, we're we can list. We can we can pretty much I think we should list. We've talked about a lot. We should needs to be a list. A what if list? A what if list. This is where we do the list. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. 
list. All right. All right. So, I mean, let's put these figurative movies in order. Right. Like, and I think, okay, how do we want to rank this? Is it which one we think would have been the best or which one do we wish had happened the most? Well, I think that's probably maybe both. Maybe. Okay. I think, I think a lot of times those will go in the same, because let's be honest, you and I are pretty good tastemakers. So we pretty much know what's going to be successful and won't be successful. I mean, take this podcast, for example. Clearly, we knew that it was going to be wildly successful, and it's That's far right. exceeded any hopes and dreams that we could have had. Yeah. Um, so that Michelle Obama much goes... called the other day to give us the thumbs up. Oh, for real? No. Oh, okay. But she All will. Right. I left her a voicemail. She will. Okay, perfect. Many the voicemails. 30... <laughs> I was about to say the 30th voicemail. Yeah. Um, um, so I'd say, we, I'd say our number one would be A, our most anticipate, or the one that we had anticipated the most, and also could have been the most successful, followed by like decreasing in interest and right. ending with maybe just like the most batshit, like uh, whatever. So with that ranking, I would say that the Nick Cage, Tim Burton, Superman needs to be near the top. Yeah, I would say honestly. So I would I would be fine with that num- being number one. I yeah. wanted I wanted and still want to see that movie. And I think it could have been good. I think it could have been like. The thing is, you know, Nick looking at like someone like Nick Cage, but is weird now. But at the time, and with under Tim Burton's direction, I mean, Michael Keaton also seemed weird for Batman. Sure. And so I think he could have made it work. And so I do think that, yeah, that that should be, I believe, number one. I agree. Um, so for number two, I would honestly like to put the Men in Black Twenty One Jump Street crossover. I, I'm with you. I didn't know if it was going to be number two or, or somewhere on this list, but I knew I was going to recommend it. I feel like I really still want to see that movie, especially after seeing the Men in Black International trailer. I'm like, yeah. boy, I wish we would have got <laughs> a Twenty One Jump Street Men in Black crossover instead of this. Now, do you think should that be above like Jodorowsky's Dune? Yes. Okay. Because I think, A, it would have been more successful than Jodorowsky's Dune. Oh, yeah, most and definitely. And, B, I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it would be successful and I want to see it. So should uh, should then do – well, then I would say after that one – I mean, for me, Ronnie Rocket would be up there. <laughs> like, I wanted to see that. I, I think everything – That David would Lynch, not be successful. Let's it would be honest. Not, it would not be successful in the slightest, but okay. I would want to see it and I would think it was I think good. Ronnie Rocket and – the mutant Spider-Man need to Can, be together. They're okay. both equally batshit ideas I that I want to see, that. but they would have not been successful. All right, they're, they're tied for number five. Okay, what about four and five? I'd honestly put Ronnie Rocket at four and okay. mutant Spider-Man at five. I just want mutant Spider-Man. So, so now we just need three. We need a midline. One that could have been successful, maybe not. I mean... We and talked about Jodorowsky's Dune. We talked about um, what was that uh, James Cameron one? Oh no, that was Spider Man. Um, what about James Cameron shooting fucking Tom Cruise into space? Yeah, Tom Cruise, been... James oh, wait. Cameron in space. Wait, you know what? What about Terry Gilliam's Watchmen? I feel like that's one that could have been good, but also could have been a train wreck. On one hand, interested to see what he did with the world. Right. On the other hand. Glad we didn't get it. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, you know, it's we're talking what ifs here. What if he made it like kind of right on that cusp of him going bad and it 
trajected him up. Right. Like, what if it was awesome? Like, I feel like that's a story he could have done well seeing what he did with Brazil and 12 Monkeys. I feel like that's a good... I feel like that's a good three. That's a good straddler. You know what I mean? So we've got number one, Superman Lives. Tim Burton's Superman Lives. Yes. I'm at Tim Burton's. Uh, Number two, Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover. I'm going to go ahead and say I would have only accepted it if Phil Lord and Chris Miller would have directed it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, But that's our stipulation because that's our what if. It's our episode. Sure. Uh, number three is tel- Terry Gilliam's Watchmen. Yep. Number four is Ronnie Rocket by David Lynch. Yes. And number five is the Canon Pictures Mutant Spider-Man <laughs> Spider-Led Rebellion. Yes. Film. Island of Dr. Moreau mashup. Okay. And I, I, we didn't talk about this in the episode, but have you read the backstory of Island of Dr. Moreau? Holy shit. There's a whole documentary called... Uh, into the darkness or the heart of darkness. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but that is about the original Island of Dr. Moreau, the director and the shit that he yeah. went through. Well, Bruce Willis was supposed to be in it originally. And then he backed out when the director backed out. And then was, hold on. apparently Val, Val Kilmer was so not like terrible to work with on set that Marlon Brando, like just phoned in his performance. Cause he hated being on set with Val Kilmer. It, and what we got was a disaster. Well, I'm going to – hold on, because that's another recommend. I would like to um... – Here, while you're looking that up, though, I do want to give another honorable mention. Go for it. It's one of my hoity-toity honorable mentions. Um, there, You said Heart of Darkness. There was an original movie that Orson Welles wanted to direct called Heart of Darkness, uh-huh. and he wanted it to be – the reason that it didn't get made is he was determined to make it 100% from the point of view of a soldier. And the 360-degree sets that he would need, the studio wouldn't pay for, so he made Citizen Kane instead. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, I was totally wrong. It's called Lost Soul, The okay. Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. And it is a fucking fascinating documentary. See, I haven't seen that documentary. I've seen the the Island of Dr. Moreau horrible, abysmal movie. Yeah. But I've not seen that documentary. I need to do that. If that's a high five recommend, then I need to take our own recommendation. Yes. So we've got, so we recommended Lost Soul, The Doomed (gasps) Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. That's the full title. And then um, The Death of Superman Lives. Yep. And then we recommended Jordorowski's Dune. Yep. Check out so. all three of those documents. All great documentaries about movies that could have been that didn't necessarily. And end we're up giving you those recommendations because the list that we put together is not watchable by you because right. these movies don't exist. So we wanted to give you something in the episode that you can now go watch. Yep. So, so do go it. check out all of these and get the fuck out of here. You Come got see your definitive list. You've got stuff to watch. Come talk to us next week. We love you. Well, Jay loves you. I do. Share this episode, please. I loathe you. (laughs) Yeah. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that?
or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Chest bursters? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.